and welcome to Inclusion Europe Radio. Ambitions. Right. Belonging. Welcome everyone, my name is Mirtel Delcu and today I'm joined by a very special guest who will share with us some thoughts and personal experiences regarding the employment and daily life of people with disabilities. My name is Sufiana Lamrani, I'm the easy to read editor and self-advocacy expert at Inclusion Europe. Perfect, thank you so much. So, would you like to tell us a little bit about what it is like to look for a job as a person with an intellectual disability? To look, for me to look for a job, it is very, it was very hard because I went from one job in England to the job that I have now in Belgium. In England, I was a telephone representative and I had to leave England due to unforeseen circumstances and I came to live in Brussels in 2006. Can you tell me a bit about the job that you have now? How did you find it? The job I have now I found on Inclusion Europe's website and I wrote to the director of Inclusion Europe saying that I was looking for work and two days later he wrote me back asking me to come in for a first interview. I came in, did the interview, that went well. Then he called me back a week later saying, can I come in and do a second interview? And I came in and did the second interview and then the following week he called me and said, the job is mine. Perfect. Uh, I'm very happy that you found a job that you now like. Is that right? You're happy with what you're doing? I love I love working for Inclusion Europe. It's broadened my, my horizon and made me learn new, new skills that I thought I could never do. I am so happy that you had this opportunity. It's so important that people have opportunities like this. Uh, but let's, let's get into that uh, in a second. I want to back up a little bit and talk about the interview process. Do you think that it's important to let your potential employer know that you have an intellectual disability? Yes, because otherwise they might treat you differently and we're all on the same boat. We, we don't need to be treated differently because we have a disability. We should be treated as normal like everybody else. That's right. That is right. Um, so did you always tell people that you worked for about your disability or was it something that you were not sure if you wanted to tell them at first? I, I let them know, not at first, but then I gradually let them know that what kind of disability I had and they made working, they made working for inclusion your magical. I want to talk about your experience as a person with a disability, working with Inclusion Europe, which is an organization that advocates for the rights of people with intellectual disabilities. Um, how does it feel to make such a difference in a field that affects you personally? It makes a big difference because I see in every day when I am out in the town, I see things that need to be made accessible like buses, trams, trains, because for me, taking a train I, is, a, is a whole story because I have to call 48 hours in advance to get the people at the station to have the booked, the ramp booked. And sometimes I had, a, I had an adventure with a bus driver who said, you handicapped person, you don't come on my bus, I don't like handicapped people. Oh, that is horrible. I, I can't imagine that people can be horrible and racist towards people who are handicapped. I'm so sorry to hear that. 
So would you like to explain to us a little bit uh, what your disability exactly is and how it affects your, your life? When I was very young, my feet were let out to the side and the doctor had to break my two feet and put them back together. And I, it's called cerebral palsy. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I can't stand up very long. I can stand up for maybe two minutes and then I have to sit down because then I get very tired. Some people go, oh, look, he's in a wheelchair. He can't, he, this must mean that he can't walk. But I, my goal is to walk from my house to the cinema center, but it, it's a very long, long process, but it's my, one of my goals. Well, that's a great goal to have, and I'm sure it's nice to have goals like this, which might seem little for some people, but it's a very important win once you get there. Let's go back, though, to our uh, conversation about employment. What is the first job that you ever got? The first job I ever got was in England as a telephone sales representative. Did you like that? Not really. <laughs> no. I like more working. I like the job that I have now more than I like my first job. Mm -hmm. But did that first job already change your everyday life? And if so, how did it change it? Mm, not really, because it was, it was a volunteer. It was a volunteer position and I didn't get uh, paid like I'm getting paid now with Inclusion Europe. I see. Okay. Uh, so getting your own money, getting paid is what makes a big difference for you. Would you like to talk about that? I can have, I have my own flat. I come in and I have my own front door key. I can, if I want to buy things, I know that I have money from the job that I work. I can use it to buy games, books, DVDs, um, sometimes go to the supermarket to get ice cream and uh, invite friends for a drink. And I'm really happy that I have, that I can make my own money. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a misconception when it comes to employing people with intellectual disabilities? Do you think that people think that they shouldn't work or that they can't work? I think that everybody everybody needs to treat everybody normal and not say, oh, look at him, He's, he has a disability, he can't do the things we need. So the COVID-19 pandemic has made employment difficult for many people all around the world. Uh, have you and other people with intellectual disabilities that you know been affected by the situation? Yes, it stopped me from going out with my friends, going to the cinema or going out to restaurants and sitting on the veranda having a, having a beer with my friends. I haven't given a hug to my mother since the pandemic has started, so that's a little, that's a little sad for me. That is almost a year then? Yeah, it's almost a year since I've given my mom a hug. Oh, and that's the simplest thing. But I do get, I do get Spencer, you know, my dog, but it's not the same. No, dogs are perfect. They help with our emotional well-being. Uh, but your mother is also a very important person in your life, I'm sure. So it's sad that you can't give her a hug. Um, so would you say that this situation has also affected you emotionally? Emotionally, yes. I'm sick and tired of having to wear masks like everybody is and having, you know, I can't, um, I have to be back at a, I've, I can't do what I used to do with like go to town, stay out later because before the, the pandemic I used to go on buses, trams, metros, but now I don't due to the pandemic because for me, a metro is a scary place because I'm at a disadvantage because I'm lower. 
and people are mm-hmm. higher and people can spit on me or I could get sick. Um, one, I, I think I had one adventure where someone threw a Coke bottle at me and it landed on my wheelchair and I nearly fell out of my wheelchair because it got stuck in the wheel. Oh, that's horrible. People need to be way more careful. Yeah, I, I understand that that's a difficult situation. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the way that the pandemic has affected the way that you work. I assume that you work from home now? Yeah. And uh, do you miss going to the office and interacting with your colleagues or do you prefer being at home? No, I, mi- I miss going to the office and seeing my colleagues, but I understand that it's, our, it's for our security that we're all working from home, but there's a there's a big the bigger picture is when will it be over when will we be able to go back to the office and sit and have a meeting you know not virtual but see the person face to face yeah that is a great question uh i know that we all thought it would be over by now and it's not and i i'm sure that it can take a toll on a lot of people to have to be at home all the time and work at home do you think that it's Easier or harder for you to work from home? No, for me, I find it easier to work from home because I have my home computer and everything I need is on my computer. But if I do need something, I'll email a colleague and say, hey, can you send me uh, document A and tell me when you need it by? And then we, we do meetings via Teams or sometimes via uh, online meetings. Mm-hmm, exactly. Definitely technology helps a lot with uh, making it as smooth as possible. In general, with your experience now working in inclusion, how, how many years actually? I think it's roughly 14 years. That's a long time. Yes. That is a long time. I'm very happy for you. So with your experience all these years, how important would you say it is for people with intellectual disabilities to be given a chance to work? It's very important because a person with intellectual disability, if you don't give them a chance, will just stay in their bubble and in their shell and not bloom into a beautiful butterfly and try new things. Because, you know, during the pandemic, I know people, I know a couple of friends of mine who don't have a job and who are miserable because they miss the outside contact or being able to talk to someone just for a few minutes. I think that you're right to say that, and I'm sure that you know it firsthand. It's so important to give people a chance to show what they can do. Uh, and tell me a little bit about all the talents that people with intellectual disabilities have and all the skills they have, what they can offer in the workplace if they're given the chance. Is that something that you notice, that people have so many talents and they need to be given a chance to show that? Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's people that I know that have taught their colleagues how to speak different languages, shown them how to do Excel table, PowerPoints, um, how to do a daily, how to fill in a sheet of timesheets. And it's been, it's one of the things that I love about uh, people, my friends, they tell me their day, the work, and I love learning. I go to myself, oh, okay, I could have done that differently. Or yes, maybe I should have changed that word so it makes it easier to understand, but I'm, sometimes I take my hat off to my friends and go, chapeau. Ah, great. So yeah, you, you can also learn from each other. Um, would you say that you have a community of people with intellectual disabilities around you that you can talk to, especially now with your position? I have a group, I, I'm part of a, 
I'm part of a of a group who meets every uh, Wednesday at my house. We talk and we say, hey, I ask them how they doing. They tell me, okay, I'm not doing okay. I need help with this. And I go, oh, yeah, sure. If you need any help, just call me and I will come and help you. Or if, they need, if I need any help, they'll say, if you need anything like your trash, your rubbish bags taken down, call me. And I'll come and help you take take them down. Or if you need me to go get something for you at the shops, then they'll go for me and I'll give them a list and they go and get it for me. So that is so nice to know that this is a, a connection between you that makes you stronger together, right? Yep. Makes us one one big happy family and a and a happy bubble. That's great. It's really nice to have a community that is strong and that shares opinions and thoughts. It only makes the community stronger, do you think? Yep, it makes the... Because, you know, you have to take... I always say take one step at a time. Don't rush into things. Because if you rush into things, you might go, okay, yeah, I did that a bit too quick or I could have done something better. But, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try and try again. That's my motto. That is a great motto. I'm very happy that you said that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that from now on. When it comes to... People who don't know anything about people with intellectual disabilities, about their lives, and especially about their employment. What would you like to say to those people? That they should sign up to one of my trainings and I will teach them about rights and accessibility, easy to read, what is self-advocacy. Because, you know, there might be someone who one day will go, oh, okay, maybe I'll go ask this person who knows more about self-advocacy or what is easy, easy to read. Because easy to read is very important information for all people with intellectual disability. Whether it's you go see a doctor or you go, you have to pay a, a bill online, it should be written and easy to read. Because if you're given a document, a report that's 38 pages, there's no way a person with disability will read 38 pages. They'd rather read a document that has 10 to 15 pages in it and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I understand that and also even people who don't have a, an intellectual disability don't want to read that long documents. So especially people who, who do have an intellectual disability, we need to accommodate to their needs because um, they're still members of our society, they're still useful members of our society and uh, we need to take care of everyone. So tell me a bit about easy to read, do you think that it's spreading more? as a language. Actually, let's first introduce what easy to read is exactly to the people who are listening to us. So easy to read is information that is written in a way that is easier to understand, like a letter to a doctor or uh, how to put a bookshelf together. And I see it, I see now that easy to read is becoming more popular than it was before. Because before there was hardly anything in easy to read. Now there's you know, what, the, what is the UNCRPD, um, what is voting. Uh, I helped write a document on uh, what is the coronavirus, which I, we, we didn't easy to read. I also did a document on what is Zoom, what is what, uh, Microsoft Teams, and I put that in easy to read. And in the near future, I'm going to uh, rewrite our European standards on making information easy to understand and read for people with disabilities 
because I've talked with my boss and said that I think 38 pages to, is too long. And he says he's that's true, it is too long. So I'm trying to, to break it down from 38 to between 10 to 15 pages. That is so great and so important. And I'm very happy that it's spreading and that more information is out there in easy to read so that more people can understand it because the... Um, the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the European Union says that all people have a right to be informed, and that includes people with intellectual disabilities. To wrap this up, what would you like to say to people who are employers, who have a company or an organization, anything, and they're looking to hire people? What would you say to them about hiring people with intellectual disabilities? Don't be afraid to hire. So we all make mistakes, but we can all learn and give them a chance maybe they'll they'll teach you something that you that you missed or that you didn't know that you could do a bit better and my last question i think would be to talk a little bit about the way that having a person with intellectual disabilities in the workplace can make things actually better and easier for everybody i would love to see more people you know employing more bigger companies employing people with disabilities because they also may know okay yeah they can do this or they can have an idea of how to make it easier and they can do a step-by-step -step guide and I find that would be easier. So companies don't do it but they should because it would actually make it better? Yep. I understand. Uh, okay, before we go, I would like to again thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me. Uh, I am beyond honored to have the opportunity to talk to you a bit more about this and thank you for being so open and honest. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for tuning in for this episode of Inclusion Europe Radio. Don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss any of our future episodes and we'll see you next time with another conversation about life and employment with an intellectual disability. Ambitions. Right. Belonging.